Welcome back to Word and Table, a weekly podcast about liturgy, sacraments, and the great tradition of Christian worship, and why it is vital in our world today. I'm your host, Alex Wilgus, and I'm here, as always, with Father Stephen Gauthier. Welcome back, Father Stephen. Great to be back, Alex. Uh, Father Stephen is the canon theologian of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest in the Anglican Church in North America, and we are coming to you from, happily, a very seasonably summer, warm day here in Oak Park. Um, yeah, just glad the weather has changed and turned. It's uh, we're, we're very over-focused on the weather here in Chicago. So. Amen. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and on the subject of, of, of weather and, and clothing, and, you know, we're all wearing shorts now, um, is, that, uh, is the subject of vestments. Um, the special clothing that uh, priests, deacons, and bishops wear in the services. And when I first started coming to Anglican services, it struck me that uh, priests, deacon, that pastors just dressed very differently than I was used to. Yes, um, There were uh, men in, in, in white robes at the front. Um, they also, I noticed, um, outside of service as well as in service, could would wear these, uh, the, the, the collar that you, I, I was familiar with Catholic priests only wearing. Um, but then there were also kind of different colored drapes that around their shoulders I learned were called stoles and, um, just, yeah, there's a lot of pieces to these things, but maybe we can just start father Stephen by, by talking about why do pastors wear special clothes in, in these services at all? Oh, I think there are two reasons. Uh, the first one is respect. In the Old Testament, for example, the priests wore special robes as a sign of respect of what we're about to do. But another reason, frankly, is to remind us it's not about the people. I think we once used the analogy with why do police officers wear uniforms. Is It actually helps us to realize when we're stopped, let's say, for a speeding ticket or something, to, to realize this is more, this is not a personal thing between, let's say, you're the police officer and I'm, I'm the, the speeder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's law. It's something much bigger than you. It's not a matter of personalities. It's mm-hmm. a matter of something much bigger. It's a reminder that we're something much bigger than this. It's not a matter of just one of us. It's something across time and across space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, did it, is, we had talked before as well about um, this was something that, that uh, priests did in the Old Testament as well. And right. In, in ancient Israel where they were robes were worn as well. That's right in the book of Exodus. Yeah. Let's begin actually with the, so the, the, the word vestments, you know, what is that referring to exactly? Well, first of all, the term vestments technically refers to things that are put on for liturgical services. For example, very often we'll see a pastor will be wearing, uh, like you say, a black, a black suit mm-hmm. and have a collar. That, those are called clericals. Those aren't vestments as such. Vestments are something that you put on for a liturgical service. Okay. So what would, what would typical vestments in an Anglican service consist of? Well, it can depend. I mean, if we went um, full bore and okay. seeing how, uh, how much it could be, is one thing you would have is, for example, with a, with a priest and a deacon, what you'd have is the first thing was an alb. That comes from a Latin word meaning, meaning white. Hmm. And actually, it's interesting. All of these come from Roman garments. Oh. You know, sort of like how tuxedos, we think of for special occasions. What happens is think people start something which is much more common and then, you know, are dressing up and as fashions change, people are much more conservative for very important things. Okay. So think of what we have at universities. We have a lot of commencements. Still, people wear traditional academic dress from the Middle Ages, but it's mm. part of sort of a continuity over time. So what we have is our, our vestments actually come from Roman dress. And sometimes the alba is sort of funny, became from Roman underwear. Yes, <laughs> really? Uh, yes, I, I can't make it up. Uh, they had a, a white tunic that would go under under all their the other things they wore, 
And that was in that white tunic is basically ended up being lengthened over time to what we have now, but originally went down to about your knees. Uh-huh. As you had this tunic, and then you put all the other stuff on top of it, your toga, those kind of, you had to start, basic, you already start, you start with this tunic. Uh-huh. And that was white, and that was called, cleverly called the alb, since alb, alb is Latin for white, the end of the white garment. Yeah. And that sort of became our, our, our building block. That's where you start out. Yeah. Sometimes people have, before that, have something else they put on. It's much, much less uncommon. I use one, it's called an amos. It's a strange. If you ever see this, now you'll know. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, imagine a hanky with um, strings attached to two of the four corners. Uh-huh. Yeah. And imagine you put that around your neck and then you tie it in front. Well, what Romans did is when they wore valuable robes, they get ring around the collar. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. I <laughs> and this could wreck a robe. I mean, before dry cleaning. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what they do is they put this around as a way of protecting expensive things or wearing on the outside. Uh-huh. But it came to have a meaning. It came to be associated with the helmet of salvation because there are special prayers people say just to remind them. Uh-huh. And uh, so uh, some people... Uh, I'm one still wearing amos under the alb, so the idea would be you never see the collar. All you see is everything's white. Okay. But that's, so some people use amos. Everybody uses an alb, basically, I should say. It's very, very common. Okay, so the, so the the alb, the white robe, that's that's the, the fundamental kind of foundation. Right. So then then You need your belt. You don't want to forget your belt. Oh, yeah, right. One guy to another, you have the, to have your belt. The cincture. That's called a cincture, right? It's basically just a rope that we use as a belt. Right, right. Yeah, it just, just looks kind of like a rope that you tie around in a loop, and it hangs off of your side. It doesn't just look like a rope, it is. It absolutely is a rope, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that we use as a belt. That's exactly right. And then the next thing we have, uh, you're going, if you're thinking of vesting, would be something called a stole. And there are disagreements historically as to what it meant, but certainly what uh, I think the most likely, and certainly what's come to me, it was a sign of office. It's why does a police officer wear a badge? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people working at a police department, the badge will tell you exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And so a stole was a way of saying something's wor- somebody's wor- um, doing something in an official capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, in that case, they're operating in an official capacity. For example, a priest is operating as a priest. Yeah, okay. And so that, uh, with a priest, it's something that looks like a long scarf. Actually, it came from a Roman scarf, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, it came from a Roman scarf, and they, you just have it in front, and, they, and the Romans also used it for magistrates. You could tell that somebody, for example, has a certain function. And so it, it goes down. If you're a priest, it goes down straight in front of you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people used, to, people used to cross them, but normally they go down straight in our day. Okay. And if you're a deacon, you put it over your left shoulder. That's how you can separate priests from deacons, the idea, so people won't be confused. Okay. So you'd have the stole as a sign of your office, and it basically means whenever you wear a stole, like at a funeral, uh, etc., let's say you're at the graveyard, you're having those prayers, it's meaning you're acting in your fish, official capacity. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, uh, if you're a priest, depending again um, what how... We talked about high church or low church sometime. Uh-huh. Is you could have a chasuble. The chasuble looks like a poncho, doesn't okay. it? And uh, it's this long, and that's pretty much what it, the Romans used it for. It was just something to keep you warm. Uh-huh. And it's used for both the stole and the chasuble have colors, the liturgical colors we talked about. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about liturgical colors on one of our, our programs. Maybe not. Yes, we, we have. Can. Yeah. And so they, they're good ways to use the liturgical colors. For example, Pentecost is coming up, so everything's going to be red. A red stole yeah, and a, you know, a red chasuble. Now, sometimes you'd also have, uh, you rarely see these now, something, but you still see a few very, very old-fashioned uh, uh, Anglicans who will have something called a maniple. And what a maniple was, it was, imagine like a waiter, how they sometimes have that cloth over their, their arms, they come to your table. Yeah, yeah. That's a maniple. Okay. It's sort of actually... Uh, you know, as a sign of service, 
uh, and things. But actually, in Roman times, can't tell anybody. Okay. It's actually a hanky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's service. Okay. But the idea was the idea of representing service. Uh, that also could be the color of the liturgical color of the day. So basically, with, you'll have that with a deacon. Sometimes deacons will have a doc, have a, a uh, something that looks sort of like a chasuble, but it's more fitted. It okay. more looks like a coat, and that's called a dalmatic. Oh, okay. If you've seen them, you'll know. They're I see. Highly, yeah, you'll 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 know them if you see them. They're much less common, but you sometimes see them. For example, the cathedral, the our deacons wear dalmatics. Okay, so they're just a little bit more form-fitting. Yeah, and they're... The chasuble? Yeah, the chasuble isn't. I mean, the chasuble is always open. Right. Like a poncho. Right. This is, um, uh, this is closed. It's like, it's like a little jacket. Okay. A normal ornament. So again, that's what you have. So the basic thing, everybody wears an alb, you know, start out for the service. Yeah. And you build up, you have a cincture. That means your, your belt, right? Uh-huh. You don't want to forget your belt, yeah. whether you're a priest or a deacon. Then you have a stole telling who you are, and you know, that you're offering an, uh, operating in official capacity. The that that's originally a scarf that just goes down with both ends in front of you if you're mm-hmm. a priest, or it goes over your left shoulder and, and sort of tied up on the right side if you're a deacon. Yeah. And then the priest will have a chasuble uh, sometimes, uh, very often, and that will be the color of the season. It looks like a big poncho. Yeah. And the deacon sometimes, much less commonly, will have something called a dalmatic. It sort of like looks a lot like a chasuble. They often match, mm-hmm. but it's it's a closed coat. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, you know, the bishops have some, some interesting things, too. Yeah, we I just was going to get into to, to, to the bishops. Would. What about the hat? <laughs> well, the hat's called a biter, and not because people say, what might that be? No, I mean, a <laughs> bad joke, I know. But uh, what a miter is, is a symbol of the office in the Western Church, is it's, first of all, shaped like a, like it looks like a drop of water or something. It's meant to represent the flame, like the Holy Spirit. We're talking about it descended in flames of mm. tongues of mm-hmm. fire. It looks like a tongue of fire on the apostles. Okay. So it represents, you know, the the the, uh, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and then on the back. So it's a t- and also the the hat has um, two points. You know, it's uh, hard to describe. Um, yeah, it's kind of um, comes up into almost a triangular point up at the top and in the in the back of the right. It's the duplicated, well. right? Yeah. You have those two, and then you have two um, uh, pieces of cloth behind, and those stand for the Old and New Testaments. Really? Yeah. Okay, the, so the two little ribbons hanging the off love, the yeah. back. Mm-hmm. That's the, the old bit, New Yeah, so the old, so you have the, uh, uh, that's uh, traditionally what people uh, have associated with the Old and New Testaments. Okay. Okay. Now, sometimes as Anglicans, what you have is uh, in lo- more lower church situations, you might have sometimes people will, um, will have something that's called a tippet. And what a tippet was actually came the same basic idea of the Romans. It was basically a scarf to keep you warm. Uh-huh. And they'll typically be black. Sometimes they're red. Or sometimes they're called preaching. Um, uh, I'm thinking of uh, uh, preaching scarves. I'm trying to think, but it's, a tippet is a te- te- uh, technical term used for it. Now the bishop has some other things that people notice right away, besides the funny hat. If you can get past the hat, yeah. <laughs> okay, what the bishop bishop wears a ring. True, it's very true. important. Always wears a ring, and that's a sign you like Christ and His bride, the Church, mm-hmm. and the relationship. You know that uh, He will. You know, he will, like in Ephesians, with a husband for his wife, will lay him down himself. For the church is a she, not an it. Yeah, yeah. And also, the the uh, the bishop has a special staff called a crozier. It looks um, basically like a staff, um, like a shepherd's, like a crook shepherd, a exactly, bit. like a shepherd's crook, exactly. It's different in the Eastern Church, mm-hmm. uh, but again, it's a it's it comes originally from a Roman. The Roman was just a plain uh, stick, like a marshal's baton, okay, type of thing. That's still in the Eastern Church, but in the West. Um, we made them look again, reminder, uh, he's pastor of his flock. Yeah. 
you know, uh, that the has. So those are basically the things you'd see with the, the bishop. Again, that mitre, the funny hat, can't miss it. Uh-huh. Uh, followed with the with the, the ring symbolizing his defending the church as a husband defends his wife. You know? mm-hmm. And then we have the the crozier, the fact he's a shepherd for his people. He'd like the good to lay down his life for the sheep. Yeah. So just mar- these are these are markers of office, some with symbolic value, uh, right. some with uh, some that were just kind of for practical purposes that developed over time, right? Well, mostly they start out practical. They started out as non-religious garb mm-hmm. that uh, was maintained. And this is pretty typical in social history is think of all of our formal clothing. Yeah. And mostly formal clothing tends to have once been regular clothing. That stays conservative and people move on and people keep wearing, like we still dress up in a different way, right, for going to a wedding. Uh We don't wear suits and things, typically most of us every day and things, but we dress up for a wedding. That's how people used to dress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a sign of respect. Oh, that makes sense. Now, it's interesting. In the Middle Ages, they had all sorts of special, they had all sorts of uh, special associations that people attached with them, often different. Mm-hmm. I told you about the Amos was the helmet of salvation. Yeah, you said that. And so they had special prayers they would pray. They put each document as they put each garment on. Oh, okay. Like in the cathedral, we actually have those prayers next to the mirror. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but uh, so they would put those kind of me. So there's also another type of, of dress. We call those are what we're talking about with, for example, the Eucharist. But there's something called choir dress. Yeah, tell me about that. And choir dress is, is much simpler. And it was called choir dress because, in a, remember, we've talked about this, the great Eucharist we have every Sunday. Mm-hmm. But also we have morning and evening prayer. Right. They did then choir, meaning they prayed it together, mm-hmm. typically sang it. And so choir dress, they wanted something simpler than this. And so what they had was typically a cassock. Uh, again, I think we've all probably seen cassocks. Think of like a bathrobe, and you're there. Yeah, it's like a long black uh, yeah garb with with buttons all the way up and down no right? not for us oh okay it could be that's a really good point okay you're, you're ahead of me you're, all, you're <laughs> good no this is good because in the roman church they have buttons going up front okay and so the, there are 33 of them for each year of the life of christ in the roman church oh wow what we do as anglicans we typically don't do that we have a double-breasted cassock so there typically are no buttons mm. in the front is we just simply attach it at the shoulder and we have a, a, a band going around uh right. like a cummerbund mm-hmm Think about that yeah. going around. So that's how normally you can tell an Anglican priest from a Roman priest uh, if they're wearing a cassock. Uh, not always, but uh, typically how you do it. And then they have uh, this big white garment on top, sort of a, um, they call a surplice. Like think of altar boy. If you've seen an altar boy, you've seen it. It looks kind of like a puffy shirt a little bit. Like it's a white, so, you're so puffy, there. Yeah. It's there, and uh, you know, and it's you know, it's, uh, this if it's it's longer, we call it a surplice. Uh, it can go all the way down. For, we as Anglicans tend, tend to like long, so we tend to go down um, to just a little over your knees. Mm-hmm. If it's really short, like altar boys, if you've seen pictures of altar boys and things, uh-huh. they call them katas. It okay. simply means a really short surplus. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and, and those that, that choir dress would be worn when? That, would that be underneath the, the other vestments? Or Oh, no, no. This okay. is what you do instead of the other vestments. Okay, I see. Yeah, you, that's a good point. Instead of the other vestments. Also... Uh, for example, we were talking about the Eucharist, but for example, as a priest, if you're going to the cemetery, for example, to pray with the family at the plot after the service and things, mm-hmm. you would often, for something like that, would just simply wear choir dress. You know? Okay. Right. So it's, you're still functioning in your official capacity, but outside of the Eucharist. Yeah. Okay. And you would have the stole, you know, typically. Yeah. Uh, for that kind of thing, yeah. If you're functioning, leading the service, you'd have a stole. 
I've seen before uh, when priests put on their stole again. That's the uh, or or take it off again. That's the that's the scarf like kind of sash that they wear around their right. neck. Um, but I see them when they they fold it up. They they give it a quick kiss. Um, what's that about? Well, on the back of the stole, typically right there in the middle, there's a cross, mm. and it's basically. Um, a way of being of reminding we're about to go into divine service. Okay. This is really serious, and also thanking afterwards. It's basically the beginning and the end of saying this is a spe- divine service. Okay, so it's another little body prayer, like like exactly. yourself. Okay. Like why do you kiss your wife when you leave in the morning, come back home? It's just something I'm about Reminder. to enter divine service. It's a prayer, you know, to uh, going where I'm going now. Yes, what I'm yes. about to do, and afterwards, a thank you after it's finished, completed. Okay, yeah. Um, well, that that clears it up. Did we not cover any any anything else? I think. That, that's the extent of the, the garments that I'm familiar with. Well, sometimes uh, there's another one, though. It's called a cope. Okay. It's hard for some people to cope with, since we're going to do puns today, <laughs> is because it's, um, it's a big cape. And sometimes you'll yes, see, uh, especially you see, see bishops, but sometimes priests will use it as well. Uh-huh. And they will use it in big ceremonies, you know, like an Easter or something. They will come in with this, this cope. Okay. So you'll see that. Also, bishops sometimes wear a... Um, a different type of garment, uh, you know, uh, ratchet and shamir. If you saw it, you'd know it. It's sort of like a quasi-academic type of thing. You, yes, I have seen that. Is it? Is it? A, does it involve a hat? Or no, a, no, okay. no. It's just um, the garment itself. It's um, hard to describe, frankly. Show you a picture. You, you'd know it if you saw it. Okay, got but, it. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll include a link to uh, to to pictures of these in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I had one other one to throw at you that might be uh, it might be a little bit. Um, a little bit niche, but uh, I have seen usually in you know historical movies and things mm-hmm. um, certain religious. Uh, I, I I'm not sure if they're priests or deacons or or postulates or something, but uh, I do remember seeing uh, a couple of movies that showed Thomas Cranmer, you know, our old our the English reformer. Um, but he's wearing a kind of a small sort of triangular hat that kind of comes down around his ears. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yes, like, I do. What mm-hmm. is that? What is that exactly? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but you've seen it before? Well, I've actually worn something very similar. Okay. And the reason I have is because I, was, I used to be a verger at one time. A right. verger is the one who carries that, that leads processions. Yes, has that, yes. That. And vergers wear a very similar hat. Okay. So I think it was just a period piece at the time that, uh, the, that some wore. It's a practical matter. For example, in the Roman church, what they did instead for that kind of hat is, that, of course, is they wore something called a beretta. Okay. And you'll know it if you've seen it, because it has a big, um, fluffy thing on top, like a little ball. Yes, yes, I and do know what you're talking yeah, about. The, 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 we, we never have used that in, in ours, so we would, uh, but that came from, at the time of the Reformation, the Cranmer type of hat. But you still see something very similar. Again, when I was a verger, I wore something very similar to that. Jolly, okay. I think jolly old England. Okay, yeah, <laughs> got it. Well, great. Um, well, thanks, Father Stephen. That uh, clears every single question up for me. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> And uh, thank you for listening to Word and Table. We'll be back next week with more on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship. Thanks for listening.